0: You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Hey everybody, welcome back to our Revival Recap. Today we're chatting about highlights from this past Saturday night's meeting. I'm Clint Davis, I'm here with one of our senior leaders, Joaquin Evans. Hey Clint, it's good to be with you as yeah. always. And likewise, I, I had Eddie Tate in my notes here and I looked up, I was like, Wait, am I in the right room or is this going on? I'm sorry, you got me you got me today. Uh, right? Oh uh, well, you know, you'll have to do. you will well,
1: you'll survive.
0: Right? Hey, man, let's go straight for it. Saturday was awesome, but yet totally different to last week. It was beautiful. What does it like for you? I was like, it's just so peaceful. The presence mm-hmm. is so beautiful, just soaking it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does Saturday like for you?
1: Yeah, I it was, it was different in a beautiful way, just like you said, which I love um, that we get to explore the different attributes and nature of God in worship, you know. And sometimes, He can come and be explosive, and you know that you encounter that powerful nature of God. and Sometimes it's the sweet, romantic side. Sometimes it's His adoptive love, and but yeah, it was just a really sweet. Um, embrace to the father this saturday i i I really enjoyed it yeah I, i mean i got it full disclosure full disclosure it wasn't
0: your preaching so don't take it personally <laughs> but i was at so much peace i actually struggled through the sermon i was right. just sitting
1: there soaking like oh lord <laughs> let me just fall asleep here and hey that is a good <laughs> problem i often tell people if god shows up you have my permission to tune me out right <laughs> what i have yeah. to say is is not that important next to you know him being in the room present with us although most preachers would like to bring the
0: old wooden pews back to keep everybody awake, <laughs> awake. <you know? laughs> that was <laughs> Backache, yeah, skill, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, anything that we maybe didn't see that happened around the service that um, that you guys are picking up on?
1: Um, I just uh, I love watching our worship teams, our worship community yeah. growing. It's just what we talked about, you know, exploring the different natures of God and worship, but just watching them. Uh, just gel together and learn how to follow his lead. Not not trying to make something happen, but really learning just to uh, trust him and follow him. And and from one week, it can be something completely different to the next. But yet they're they're becoming really comfortable in in just following his lead in that. So that that was great for me to see that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because you know,
0: also you'll see somebody who leads one week. The next week, just completely step back
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just be in worship and let somebody else go for it. There's no pretense to, oh, I got to be up in the front. And mm-hmm. I love that so much. Yeah, and I really think that that paves the way
1: for it to flow right the way it should. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. his uh, his presence dwells on on our unity, and that's really an expression of unity. And so, you know, Dylan and the the other leaders in the worship community are doing doing a great job and. And leading that by example you know when you have selfless leadership it uh it uh has a positive trickle-down effect on the whole environment so
0: yeah there was that old joke where it was the the pastor interviewing the old gentleman who attended his church for 50 years and and the pastor was trying to make some changes and bring it into the next season. And the gentleman said, well, you can't just change that. I've been in the way for 50 years, and I know how this works. And the pastor said, maybe if you get out of the way, God can do what he needs to do. You know? <laughs>
1: uh, yes, Lord, help us get out of the way when right? we need to get out of the way. Yeah. Totally. All right. So you preached a message,
0: uh, persistence wins the war. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, should we just start telling testimony stories? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you're too you're too easy to preach to You, <laughs> you I'll know take to, that. You know how to glean the 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 mirror out of all of it and you oh I could just see your gears turning and
0: man, yeah. you know what's turning is so many moments in life mm. were you faced with the option to give up or to persist. Mm. You mm-hmm. know, I see them as flashbacks and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just so grateful that, that we found the strength in God to persist. You know? mm. Yeah. Amen. So.
1: It's it's so key and um I don't know that it's an overlooked message in general, but I think that it can be overlooked in in the, you know, the, the charismatic um, circles and supernatural environments, you know. It it can it can be overlooked, but it's it is the key that's gonna sustain us, you know. The the other things that it, it, it it's our foundation, uh, you know. Our, our love for God. The other things are are nice benefits of being in relationship. They're icing on the cake, you know. And uh, but it's though like uh, the signs, wonders, miracles. Those those aren't defining things. Those are nice things, but um, you know. So when you have those, but you can really. Persist and learn how to to trust God in the good times and the bad times. It's that's when you really start winning. Uh, you win the war, not just the occasional battle.
0: Well, that's that's an interesting statement right there. The good times and the bad times, because I always ask you why you preach this message at this time. And usually, you'd hear a message about persistence when things are bad.
1: Mm-hmm. But we're having a great time at the moment. Yeah. So why now? <laughs> that's a good. It's a good question. And it's kind of twofold, which I hit in the message. And one, I feel like it's it's important for people to hear now in that corporately we're having a great time and we're experiencing a lot of momentum. But oftentimes, individually, people can and will hit rough patches in the midst of corporate um, great momentum. And those sometimes are harder seasons even to to walk through an experience because you're looking around at all this right. momentum and testimonies and people, you know, getting healed or people getting promotions and but yet you find yourself in a tough season and so you start to do the comparison thing. So I felt like it was important to 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 sow this seed into the heart of our community even now in the midst of uh, positive things. So that's one. And then the other part, which I really I, I spent a good portion in the message hitting on it, but persistence isn't something that we just need to learn in hard times. But how to persist in positive times and momentum times and breakthrough seasons really is a huge key in the kingdom. And we don't think about that all the time. We think, oh, that's obvious. If it's if it's positive, True. it's momentum. Yeah. Like well, that's easy. You just but. But history tells us a little bit different in that people will pay a price, they'll press in, they'll get into momentum, but then they start to take their foot off the accelerator, so to speak, and they stop pressing in the same way that got them into that breakthrough. They they become a little bit too comfortable, a little bit too laxed. Um, you know, apathy, so to speak, can... Uh, if you become too comfortable, apathy can sneak in, and then you find yourself no longer in the momentum mm. that you were in, and you start wondering, what I do wrong? How did I get here? So really, a key for sustained revival is how to learn to stir up persistence and be aware of your persistence in the midst of a breakthrough. so right, right. Yeah. And this is
0: the rain analogy that, yes, is so real and has become real to me. honestly, only since i became part of bethel mm-hmm. it's just it's ingrained in our culture in some way but that analogy is incredible praying for rain in times of rain yeah it makes total sense the way you put it it just mm-hmm. makes total sense
1: yeah it's it's that we we live today off of off of we live in the fruit today of yesterday's prayers you know what we prayed what we pressed in for we're living in it and if we we could celebrate it, but if we become too accustomed to it in that we are not praying fresh prayers, if we're not taking fresh risk, if we're not, you know, exercising fresh faith, pressing in for more, then six months from now, all of a sudden things are dry, we're not in the river anymore, we're in the valley, and we go, what happened? It's because we stopped exercising the persistence that got us into the breakthrough in the first place. So, just because you're into the breakthrough doesn't mean you stop persisting. That's actually the time to persist for more, for the greater things, because his desire is to take us from glory to more glory. So it's really a beautiful thing. It's a simple thing, but it's actually a lesson that we have to be uh, conscious to step into because not, not everyone is, not everyone does it, and we can see yeah. that throughout history. So, For sure. Amazing. There are a lot of words...
0: That you could have put up against persistence. Mm-hmm. I think the most I've probably heard is "Persistence wins the race," mm-hmm. which is also good, fair title. You decided to go with "Persistence wins the war." Mm-hmm. That's pretty challenging.
1: Mm-hmm. Why'd you go with war? Well, because you know we're we're in a we're in a kingdom battle. You know, um, God has restored the the commission from the garden. You know, go forth, uh, be fruitful, multiply, and and subdue the earth and it's it's that dynamic that that we live in a fallen world. You know, sin did come into into the equation, and what God created as perfect became you know corrupt. But the original commission has been been restored in Jesus dying on the cross, going to hell, taking the keys back, and restoring the commission to men. So we're in we're in a we're in a fight. We're in a we're in a war to see the knowledge of His glory cover the whole earth. Um, but Sometimes we we lose that perspective, and we only we only measure it by a battle, you know. And we we get geared up uh, to win a battle, and sometimes we win that battle, um, which is great. But then when the next battle comes, if we're if we're only geared up for a battle, then we come to the next battle not geared up, not ready, not engaged, and you know. Hope deferred sets in. You know, um, we're not—we don't have our our defenses up. We're not on the offensive. All that stuff, and we we end up not winning in the long term. Which that's right. what God's invited us into. He yeah. doesn't—he yeah. doesn't want uh, you know His bride to be victorious for three weeks. You know, He wants uh, the whole earth to be covered with the knowledge of His glory until His return. So, I mean, that's really that's really what we're doing. Let pull. Pull the perspective way back, the, you know, the focus all the way back, and it's not just how do you get through this week. That's right. that's important yeah. lesson, but it's it's we're we're in we're in the war we're in the we're in the for the long haul and to win the big victory. So,
0: well, that's very dynamic because it gets away from just making it like to not be too offensive, a uh, Christian self help talk. Yes, because mm-hmm. you've got to step back and look at the bigger picture like mm-hmm. you say so you're now speaking on both these dynamics individually and personally the mm-hmm. battles that we each face but holding it in perspective of the war that is actually generational it goes from generation to generation mm-hmm. to generation right that's right yep. so there's a persistence i guess is this the right way to put it there's a persistence individual mm-hmm. in the battle and there's a persistence collective absolutely for the war mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, and yeah. when you really start dreaming big picture, you do start dreaming generational. You know, it's what you just what you just said, and it's uh, it's 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 not, selfish is too strong of a word, but it's not just how do I how do I succeed in in my season, but it's you start thinking how do I leave a legacy of momentum and persistence that the next generation can come into. That they can grow, that they can hand to the next generation so that we can transform the planet, not just right. you know, have yeah. a blessed have a have a bless me season, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it changes totally. everything. Yeah.
0: Totally. Now I have to be careful with this next one because it's one that you and I can go on for for days, <laughs> but I'm gonna go there anyway. You said the problem with the church in the West is often that we have too many options with our time. Right. And you actually liken that not to going in the wrong direction, but leading us to apathy. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned apathy earlier already. Mm-hmm. And that's just so true. I find that as well. Do you feel like too many options and that apathy work against us learning the discipline of perseverance and persistence?
1: Well, I think that... I think they work against uh, potentially can work against us in stepping into the full fullness that God has for us, the full knowledge of His glory, um, the full presence outpouring that He has for us. They can work against us if we don't learn persistence against those options. You know, so that is that is part of the learning the persistence in the in the positive seasons, in the momentous season, in the West, we have a lot going for us. We have a lot of, you know, positive things which create a lot of options. Right. Um, and, you know, I part of, for me, learning this lesson was traveling a lot and visiting a lot of, um, uh, you know, third world countries, underprivileged places, and watching their dependency on the Lord at a different level than we maybe have here. And every every culture has its strengths and has its weaknesses, but they would have a dependency on the Lord that would invite heaven in a in a unique way that would create some radical breakthroughs that that I began, you know, this is years and years ago, but I began to realize, like wow, we can learn from this in the West and in praying, yeah, yeah. pressing into God, I'm like, what's going on here? And God, well, that was one of the things that God, you know, began to reveal to me is that we have so many options in the west you know if if you're sick here you have options you got pharmacies on every corner and you got doctors and you specialists and yeah y- you know you choose yeah. and uh, you choose your course of therapy and you choose where, uh, or you you know, can just go straight
0: to WebMD and find out whatever you have, you're about to die because that's what right, it always comes right. up with.
1: So. You find yeah. out some version of what you right. might possibly have, and it's the worst case scenario always. But someone in a village, and you know, in, in out in in the bush somewhere, they don't have any of those options. So if they're going to see breakthrough, it's got to come from God. It's got to come from heaven, and so it creates a dependency and a desire and a and a. leaning into prayer, uh, you know, that that it's because they have no option. And we have options in the West, but one of those options is to choose that dependency. One of the options is to choose to press in to prayer like that, and God also honors that. So that's where, you know, persistence still plays a part in that. So we just have to be aware um, to choose to be persistent, to lean into God, and not all the other things that can be distractions. So Amazing, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Our options
0: for that sort of thing is real. The other thing that I find, third world countries have an abundance of something that we have a scarcity of, that being time.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's weird in a way, right? Like everything's pulling at our time. Everything's wanting us to put time into it. And so we want the quick fix. And you mentioned this. You said sometimes we bring the quick fix mentality into the church and into our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And this quick fix thing, I find like there isn't as much of a quick fix mentality mm-hmm. in third world countries where their time is actually abundant because there isn't mm-hmm. a lot to do mm-hmm. in a lot of these places. Yeah, And so that shapes yeah. their mentality too.
1: Sure. I mean They don't have a quick fix mentality because they haven't experienced a lot of quick fixes. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. So they don't really right. carry that as an option. Yeah. We do. And I, and I go into this in, in the message. This is a whole nother a sub subsection that could be its own message its its own book but to try and do it just in a few minutes as i've watched over this is this is through observation over years years and years of, of ministry is is people who are looking for the quick fix and the, and their perspective on what connecting with a perfect god looks like and they they Develop this mentality that if God's perfect, which He is, and I can touch His perfection, then it's going to fix everything. It's that quick fix mentality, right? And and they will oftentimes experience. They'll touch God for a moment, a moment of desperation. They have a sick family member. They have a, a desperate need. Will cause them to press in, or they get they get newly born again, and they're hungry, and they say, you know what, I'm going to press in for this, God. I believe this is available. And they'll press in, but it'll be a temporary pressing in, and they'll experience some breakthrough, and God will start moving, but they don't learn the persistence in that place, which is what we've all been talking about Black till God. now. And then, so they get some breakthrough, but they're not ready for the challenges that come beyond that. Because yes, they touched God, this perfect God, and He came and He and He brought breakthrough in that moment, but not realizing that we still live in a fallen world. God's perfect, but He's given us an assignment in this battle, in this war to to transform the world around us. So breakthrough comes, but that doesn't mean there's not gonna be any more trials. And people wrestle subconsciously to to rectify that in their in their in their minds, like, oh God brought breakthrough. How am I? How am I now in another trial? And that hope deferred disappointment sets in because they had bad perspective, bad theology from the beginning. And so they, they lose their passion, they stop fighting, and they kind of end up giving up. And I'm like, how did you experience breakthrough, but yet you allowed that to become a source of disappointment as you move forward? It's because you got to realize we got to not just touch perfection, but keep touching it. That's why we worship. We come back to worship not just once, and we're like, oh, I had a glorious worship time. All right, I'm set for life now. No, it's a lifestyle, so we keep coming back to that place, and that's where we develop momentum that carry us forward from season to season, year to year, and generation to generation. Yeah, I mean, there's this thing where
0: a lot of the Western church has shaped around those two things, around the immediacy for answers right now mm-hmm. and the outward look that the, per, the the Christian life is supposed to look perfect. Mm-hmm. And so when we're fighting battles and we're not getting our breakthrough or we get a breakthrough and then another trial hits us, mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to put those people on display. Yet those are the people we see in the Bible <laughs> over and over and over again. So true. And it adds the rigidity to our faith and the mm. persistence. Now, it's very easy in our circle to forget that there is that message preached often about the perfect Christian life and God's perfection and that it's all going to be great and everything's going to be roses. But how important is it for us to keep that at a core of our culture at Bethel that there's a real battle here. People go through real stuff Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't always look how we expect Mm -hmm. it. And sometimes breakthrough doesn't come, but we're Mm going to keep pursuing it. Mm -hmm. How much of our core identity
1: revolves around that well i think our core identity has to be around the the beautiful balance of the two and that's what we need we need to come with a perspective we're looking for the balance of the two not one or the other because god is amazing and his 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 glory is perfect and we can and should come with a perspective that we have access to that that we can touch that um, and it's that, it's that renewed expectancy that we come with all the time that I get to touch God's goodness and his glory right now um, that is a defining um, core value and, and really sets the pace for our culture. But it's the balance of that context happens in that I'm doing that in, the, in a fallen world. So it's both at the same time, and that's where if we don't carry it's both at the same time balance mentality is that we get into trouble. And some some, uh, you know, religious circles, some organizations, they don't have the we can touch God's goodness or His perfection at all. They always right. push it out yeah. into the future, and that's how they justify the hard times,
0: because right.
1: they, they just push it out into the future, and... But then they just find themselves with a lot of the hard times and not a lot of the glory times. And then you have the other, the hyper camps that are it's all about the glory. And, and you shouldn't have to persist. And you shouldn't have to resist. And the devil's got, you know, he's got no authority, which he doesn't. But it doesn't mean that we're not still in this fight to take more and more ground, more and more territory. Once you win this three-foot circle, God asks you to take a step forward. Then right. you have another three-foot yeah. circle to win and on and on. Yeah. And so that's where uh, if you get that mentality, you can run into the hope deferred when it doesn't work out that way. So the, the core value is that ha- carrying the balance for both is what is what is going to win the war-, war. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. So that three-foot circle,
0: we win the yeah. battle in there. All right. You said yeah. this. You said one of the most dangerous things in this hour is to get bored with the goodness of God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you feel something on that. You <laughs> preached it, man. Like <laughs> <clears throat> it's true. And you know, we we keep circling back on this, but it is, it is it is one of the the key emphasis of of, of the heart behind this message. And that is if there really is a there really is a persistence to learn to teach ourselves in, in the good times. And, and if we're not careful in a revival culture, you can, apathy can sneak in. The fir- if you remember the first time you ever experienced the presence of God, or you ever experienced Holy Spirit, or you really ever experienced a real life-giving, like, secrets of my heart prophetic word, or the first time you ever experienced a real an undeniable unden- undef- uh, miracle, how blown away you were, how just undone you were. And we've all been there. But when you fast forward months and years down the line and you've heard hundreds of testimonies of people with arthritis don't have it anymore, had a tumor, they don't have it anymore. And and it's like you can become a little callous to it. Like, oh, yeah, it it becomes a golf clap. Like, oh, yeah, God did it again Right. versus a heart Heartrending, like oh my goodness, heaven is, God is real and heaven is here. I can't believe this is happening, in my hour that I'm alive for this, and and when you lose that, you do begin to lose momentum. So, what does a bride look like that teaches herself? This is the oil and the lamps. the virgins, you know, what does a bride look like that teaches herself to keep that fresh oil, that fresh awe, that fresh wonder, that fresh appreciation? My opinion is nothing can stop a bride like that. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Well, you ran the healing rooms at Bethel. Yeah. Did you have to battle through that? Was there a moment where you thought, oh, this is actually becoming too familiar. I need to keep the awe and wonder alive. Or have you always managed to keep that?
1: Yeah, I don't even think it's a moment. I think it's a continual thing. I mean all the time. Like um you know, I I don't know that I would say weekly, but but monthly, you know, we hear we hear testimonies multiple times a week and and it's a continual, you know, that that background in in the mind question now that it's am I responding the way that I know that I should be responding to what I'm hearing right now? Am I responding the way that I know I want to be responding to what I'm hearing right now? So it's a continual check-in, and, and the answer isn't always a resounding yes. Yeah, sometimes it's a, I just heard that testimony, and I, that subconscious question, I go, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't respond the way I right, want to. Right. But, yeah, I think the key is is catching ourselves and reminding ourselves of what we're hearing, what that actually means. what we're experiencing because
0: you see metal disappear right Mm -hmm. or you see somebody healed from cancer Mm -hmm. at the end of their rope or you see a leg grow out
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then you have somebody healed from a headache Mm -hmm. you do you find that you are in a natural space to celebrate those equally is that come over time or is that something that you always have to go okay i need to celebrate this as big as the other Yeah, has it been? Is that a journey?
1: Because I feel like that's the space where it's so easy mm -hmm. for it to creep in, you know. Absolutely, it's a journey. It's a it's a it's a process that you know we need to uh, take ourselves on. It's a lesson, and and I think one of the keys for me in that is to remember not just to look at the miracle, but to look at the effect of the heart on the person. So sometimes that that headache or migraine that doesn't seem as big to you as the, you know, the, whatever the, the paralyzed limb that started working. But when you talk to the person who just got healed of the migraine, like how does that, how does that make you feel? And then you can feel that, that aha moment in their heart, that gushing of like, I can't believe God just did this for me. That's what renews it inside me internally. So just personally, that's my like, that's my key, because sometimes you don't know the story, you know. So they've been dealing with migraines for years. And, you know, the initial report, you pray for them and they're like, oh, my headache's gone. But then, but then you're like, you don't realize that they've had a, a headache almost constantly for six years, and you know, and this means the world for them. And they're nice. they're yeah. broken by it. And that fresh brokenness is what reminds me, oh. This yes. is the most amazing, this is God touching lives and changing hearts. So amazing. that's how I try and stay fresh with it. Yeah, amazing. Uh, you spoke
0: about the persistence of hearing so we don't get trapped in a season we're not supposed to be mm-hmm. in. I mean, I know there's times where we, Rochelle and I have been in spaces where we, where the world is spinning. Mm-hmm. You know, things are going crazy and you're not hearing mm-hmm. and you feel like you're not hearing. But at the same time, we ha- we didn't have anybody around us either. Mm-hmm. We were completely alone in that. Mm-hmm. So now we're not feeling like we're hearing God. We mm-hmm. want to hear God, mm-hmm. but there's also nobody around us. What are some of the dynamics to making sure that you're staying in a place of hearing? And what are some of the tools to mm-hmm. keep hearing from God?
1: Yeah, I mean, before, I think it's important just to touch on what you just said. You know, there are seasons that we do feel that, that swirl or our world is uh, in upheaval, and we're not hearing. And you you totally have permission, and those you should stand on the last thing that you heard. And you should be faithful, but not faithful with shut-off ears, you know. But you're faithful until you hear something fresh, um, but you're trying to hear. And so in those seasons when you're not hearing well— um, staying in the Word is key because you know um, that that renew though faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So being in the Word renews our hearing capacity even. Um, but being in community, which is things that you just said, so having uh, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, but counselors, specifically in this scenario, counselors who know how to hear. So that's the time to get around people that have. A good, a good history of, of hearing from God, and either either they can sometimes hear for you that will initiate some stuff, or just being around their anointing will help you refresh your ability to hear, having them pray for you, their authority in that realm. And so, um, yeah, being in the Word and being around um, uh, multitude of counselors who know how to hear in those seasons, we are not hearing well for yourself. I think are keys.
0: Yeah, it's good. I, I like the differentiation you drew as well between a difference between resting in your assignment and stopping.
1: Yes, yes. You know, we all get into those uh, moments where we are we're tired and and uh, you know you can you could feel burnout coming on the horizon. You know, but recognizing those. Those moments are key, and having taking strategic rests is a kingdom uh, uh, decree. It's a kingdom recipe that like God decreed the Sabbath for a reason. He He wants us to rest in the process of the assignment. He doesn't want us to burn out so that we that we have a short lived you know victory. He wants He wants us to win the win the war. Um, so, but there's a difference between. I'm tired. I don't know how to rest. I don't know how to take care of myself. I just get to the point where I get discouraged and I, and I burn out and I stop. And I, and now I have no vision. I'm not, I got no momentum, but I also have no vision, no hope. No. And that's, that's what the devil wants versus, uh, you know, and there's some people that haven't learned that it is okay to unstring the bow. It is okay to rest. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're giving up on God or His assignment. It's just like, I'm gonna take a moment of rest so that I can continue the assignment. It's a powerful thing. You know, take a long weekend, take a week, you know, every once in a while, take a month. Like a sabbatical, you know, is a powerful, powerful thing. But it's you do it before you get to the place of burnout where you're just giving up. You're doing it strategically. You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this season of rest so that I can come back and, and run the next five years hard or what, whatever whatever. The time frame is right i mean how do you have persistence without energy yes right? <laughs> like, way know. to make it simple <laughs> Clint, thank you for that i was just talking in circles and that's what i was trying to say <laughs> but there's also so there
0: is truth though there's something yeah. about knowing your assignment right when you know your assignment this is it that you're able to rest in it easier right yeah. it's like yeah it's, it's like really but true. it's like you said earlier there's so many there's so many topics that we could speak about this yeah You know, was there anything after the
1: fact that you thought,
0: oh, I wish I preached that, I wish I added this or, or, uh, changed that or,
1: yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Other than, you know, uh, what every one of these points, you know, I, I, think could and should be a message in itself at some, at some point. So, you know, just so much more to that you could develop on, on several of these things, but I don't think there was anything in particular on the message that that I walked away going, oh, I really wish I had said that and didn't. Um, Not even but, that you didn't even bring fancy videos like Renee did last week. I mean, <laughs> I think she gets some extra
0: points for that, and you could do some work there.
1: <laughs> hey, I don't want to steal her I mean, she thunder. She got the tissue you know? boxes like, emptied out <laughs> when she played those things, so you know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let that be her thing, <laughs> yeah. so that you know she gets the glory, I'm not going to take that. Fair, Fair enough. Fair enough. No. But I do hope, I hope the, uh, you know, I love it when God can breathe on on a message and multiply it, meaning that more can be imparted than what is said. And there's so much more to this than what can be said in, in the short amount of time. But, you know, I, I, I hope it just awakens that place in people to pursue God in this, and to pursue um, his heart, and just and the perspective, just like right. I'm, I want to position myself. I don't want to get caught up in the in the glory moments and move into that hyper thing where if everything doesn't work out automatically in that quick fix, then then this whole thing is a farce and God's not real and and I give up. Like we got to stay out of that lane, and so that we can keep. In the battles and and winning the war. So as long as that seed gets in there and, and inspires people, then then I'm happy.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I would normally ask you what the big di- idea is, but I think you've just it's done it. Like, I think I think I, think I just, just did it. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. And there are a lot of practicalities in this. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I need to get around people uh, that can help me speak into that and help me keep going, and you know, I need to really be in community. I'm fully aware that. Uh, there are probably people that do come on a saturday night and then don't really connect sort of in the mm-hmm. door i want to encourage you i feel that today i want to encourage you to get connected because often perseverance is a, it's a lot easier when we're doing it together absolutely in community that's that's truth right there yeah yeah thanks again for your time
1: Hey, appreciate Thank it. I you. love doing these there. I good. love it too. I, get I feel ex- like I get a special special audience. I get all <laughs> the gold first. so you know. I love it. I look forward to these every week. Uh, appreciate what you do, Clint. It's awesome. So wonderful. Thanks for
0: joining us, everybody. That is another revival recap. Remember that you can get more out of our journey together at bethelatx.com or chat to Connect Coach on one of our Saturday nights at our meetings.
1: Until next time, see you then. Yeah, bless you all. Pray this message expands in your heart, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit
1: BethelATX.com.